When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's a superb goal by Hollow. Clever if he's sharing it. The Bell of the Dog has gone to spare. And Defoe all the way. To OVB. To the Genoa. Danny Rose on his Premier League debut. and welcome back to the last word on Spurs. Now, I am going to let you into a little secret. On the back of Saturday's game, gutting defeat to Bournemouth, the listener questions were in around 65 of them. The running order was done. And I don't think any of us could have anticipated what was expecting to happen on the Sunday. I mean, they say the hope is what kills you. But honestly, an absolutely crazy game, which has seen Spurs essentially all but secure Champions League football and Arsenal out bottling Spurs in the most craziest of fashions and probably completely changing the direction of this show, which I'm sure is going to have a lot of laughs in store. Now, joining myself alongside me, of course, I've got Jason McGovern. Joining myself and Jason, we're pleased to welcome back two returning guests to the last one on Spurs. He had an absolutely phenomenal debut, so we're pleased to have back on actor, presenter, host and writer Ricky J. Norwood back on this very show. And joining myself, Jason and Ricky, we're pleased to have also on the show a regular contributor to the last word on Spurs in Ashley Watts. Now, we are going to have to review that Bournemouth game, unfortunately, but of course we are building up to Tottenham Hotspur in a Champions League semi-final second leg to come against Ajax. A huge historic game for the club. Guys, 
Hope you enjoy the show. Jace, what a crazy weekend. I mean, as I said in my intro, I was expecting to do a completely different show to the one I had prepared. Have you got over Sunday's events first before we even look at Saturday's, Jace? Well, I just, you know, I said last week, didn't I? We only have to lose our last two games to qualify <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll, we've done that in one game. So, you know, and I'm, I'm looking forward to a seven-goal swing on on, uh, on Sunday. Come just on, to, Jace. Just to make them feel even worse. Oh, you're not putting us through that, Jace. Don't you dare. Honestly, I don't, they're not yeah, a lot of fun. It was a crazy game. At, at Bournemouth, that's for sure, because um, you know for 35 minutes we probably played better than we have done for quite some time, other than the Huddersfield game. And I thought, you know what, we're starting to look a bit more like the Spurs side I've known. Delhi was starting to look more like the old Delhi. Even Trippier wasn't wasn't doing so many of the stupid things. He was looking to pass it forward and was knocking little balls in. And you thought, you know what, this is this is looking good for us. And then. Then the game kind of turned, didn't it? Five minutes before half time, suddenly we were like wrecking balls from from Chelsea three years ago. Could have had Dyer sent off. Should have conceded one penalty. Could have conceded a second penalty. Had a man sent off within a minute of the restart. Is another man sent off, and you're just thinking, what? Um, what? <laughs> what the hell has changed in this game? Absolutely crazy game. I mean, to be fair, Rick's coming around to you. I was expecting, as I said to Jace, a completely different show. I did the running order, as I've mentioned in the intro of this show, on the Saturday. But on Sunday, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I wasn't really expecting <laughs> Arsenal to out-bottle Spurs. But, I mean, we'll come on to that, I'm sure, during the show. But back to the game, Rick, at the weekend from Spurs' perspective. Yeah. I mean, a mad match. You'd probably say Spurs were their own biggest enemy on the day. Two needless sending-offs. With Dyer, which also should have been gone as well. I mean, we've got two enormous matches now in the space of a week, Rick. Yeah, but it, it, it's it's what happens at Tottenham. Like I said to you before, my, my dad has always said, you know, we do it the hard way. And by goodness, have we done it the hardest way we can do it. Just creeping into that top four. The the, the two red cards was one thing, but the five yellows were something else as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, So there was a lot going on in that game. You know, the first, well, just before the first sending off, Everything looked all right. Everything looked rosy. Lucas looked sharp. Everyone looked ready and up for it. But the but the niggles and and the little um, the little sly tackles here and there, they got to Sonny. And by the way, I've only seen highlights as well. Mm. But they, it, it looked like it got to Sonny just before the um, the stamping and the push punch whatever happened in that moment. You know, before the sending off. So uh, you know, um, it just felt like one of those games you know the Inter Milan where we get you know a, a penalty and a red card in the first five minutes or something like that you know back in those days and um it just felt like I, uh, oh I just didn't know what was going on I, I really was um da- I was, for the first time in a long time I was down on Saturday like and I'm normally I normally find the positive in everything you know um with, with what's going on but I was just like whoa and then I had to remember that we have been running on, you know, without food or water, uh, you know, with injuries in both legs and both arms, you know, <laughs> with, with with head wraps and and neck braces, you know, and it, it, you know, it has it has been a struggle. It has been a this last ten games, it has been a a bit of a limp. But um, you know, it just shows how you know that we do need that investment come the summer. And I think you know what. Let's get rid of it, like Poch said. You know, Poch said, let's put it behind us and um, let's not concentrate on it too much because the boys know what they need to do Wednesday 
and um, and they know they need a win on, on you know, against Everton. You know, just just, yeah. just for morale. You know, last home game, of course they. You know, but Ajax, if you can't get up for a semi final, if you can't get up, you know, being the underdogs now, one nil down against the Dutch champions, they've won the cup the other day. You know what I mean? They're playing free flowing football. There's nothing troubling them right now. You know, they've beat, they've got the scalps of Real Madrid, us and Juventus at the moment. You know what I mean? So let's 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 get up for it. We're, we're, every time our back's against the wall, every time it comes up against uh, it comes up against it where everybody doubts us, that's when we show up. So I'm really hoping and I'm praying and I believe that we're going to turn up Wednesday and this and you know it's going to be a really good night I'm really praying and hoping and I like I say I believe it there you go (laughs) a rousing cry already from Ricky Newell already four minutes into the show I mean Ash let's go back to Saturday it's painful it is to have to review the game but I mean it was a really cruel way to lose it after a really resilient second half performance but just when it seemed Ash we'd had enough for a point you know, to have it snatched away from us at the end. I mean, let's be honest about it. Some seriousness to the show here. I mean, it's six away defeats in a row. Lost the last three. 13 losses in the Premier League, along with blowing a 10-point plus lead in the process. I mean, Ash, let me be honest and ask you, you know, is it just simply unacceptable the way our domestic form has deteriorated over these last three months? You know, regardless of the amount of injuries we've had to contend with and for all of the heroics we've had in the Champions League this season? Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. Um last three months what is it 10 12 points from 11 games that's that's what relegation form if if it wasn't for all, all the other teams out bottling us then we'd be nowhere like in a in a normal season you can't lose 13 games that's we've lost over a third of our premier league yeah. games yeah, and with and, yeah. and we're yeah. going to be in the champions league next season like for a team that want, is in the semi-final of a Champions League and potentially could win the Champions League, to lose 13 domestic games is just unheard of. I, don't, I doubt that's ever been done before. So, for me, the, the league form's an issue. And it's, it's quite strange because, obviously, at the start of the season, we had the, I, I remember reading after the first few months, we had the best away form in, in Europe. We had won, yeah. like... We'd won, like, 10 out of 12 away games. I know we had played more away games than most other people, but... We'd won most of our games. We looked good, and it was like, can't wait to move from Wembley because Wembley's hindering us. But ever ever since we've moved away from Wembley, it's like, right, we've moved from, away from Wembley now. So any away game, we're just going to lose. Like, it's 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 just really odd. And I mean, if if it wasn't for that such a strong start at the beginning of the season, then yeah, we'd be we'd be floundering around like seventh and eighth and. Obviously, for for this Tottenham team, the quality we have that's just that's just not good enough. We, I mean, we've had a lot of injuries, and yeah, don't get me wrong, we've had injuries to keep players, which I think other teams haven't had, such as like Liverpool haven't lost Salah for three months, uh, City haven't lost Aguero for three months. We have lost Kane, but you you'd like to think that even without him, we, we're good enough to win games against what Bournemouth, West Ham, Southampton, Burnley. These are teams which, like two seasons ago, even last season, we're wiping the floor with. So to be coming unstuck against them is is a bit of a concern, a bit of a worry. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I'm like most Tottenham fans where if it wasn't for this semi-final, I'd just be glad for this season to be over because these last few months just haven't been haven't been that enjoyable, have they? No, they haven't. I mean, to be fair, like I said, the show could be completely different. You know, the events at the Emirates, you know, could have gone the other way. I mean, it's it's just crazy to be saying Spurs essentially at the moment to secure the Champions League place. 
you know, bar the mathematical, well, equations of it. I mean, Jace, let me put this to you. February the 10th, we were on 60 points. Five off City with a game in hand. If we fast forward to tonight where we're recording the show on the Monday the 6th of May or Tuesday the 7th of May where you'll be listening tomorrow, we now only have 10 more points since then and we're now 22 points behind Man City at present on the Monday having played a game extra. I mean, that's possibly, Jace, our worst collapse in the league despite not being punished by any of the teams behind us. I mean, what have you made of the last couple of months domestically, Jace? I think probably the big difference between this season domestically and the others has been the Champions League run and that, you know, we were knocked out what the group stages a couple of years ago and then we had Ghent and it was all over by February and then last year we'd gone out to Juve so it was over you know, and all we had to concentrate on was our domestic form over the last three months if you like this year we have had, and you know, those two Manchester City games took a hell of a lot out of us, West Ham you could, you kind of sense, I'm not saying it's, it's right that it's like that but I think it's natural reaction for some of them to think, you know, we can't win the title. We'll probably still finish in the top four. And therefore, you know, our eyes are on the Ajax game. And perhaps have we, perhaps had Dortmund knocked us out, it, it, you might have seen a, a difference in our domestic form. Like I say, that's not excusing our domestic form. But I think that's one of the things that's happened. And, you know, whilst people are saying, well, you know, we've lost 13 games, so don't deserve to, uh, to be in the Champions League. Do we deserve to be in the Champions League the year we chased Leicester down? We won 19 games that season. We've won 23 this year. So if you deserve to be in it with 19 wins, then surely you deserve to be it if you've won 23 games. I know we've gone further in the Champions League, but ultimately we've we've essentially only played, what, three more games than we did last season. In and, but last season we got further in the FA Cup and we, we had the FA Cup semi-final. So, uh, like... I know it's taken a lot out of us, but it, it shouldn't excuse the team for the poor results because we were, we were still fighting amongst like two or three competitions this time last year as well. No, no, like I say, it's not an excuse, but I think there's a difference between playing Millwall at home in an FA Cup tie and a two-legged Champions League game with Manchester City, for instance. Like I say, it's not an excuse, but I think the players saw a 10-point cushion and they thought, you know what, Champions League can take care of it. You know, top four can take care of itself. We need to beat Manchester City over two legs. And I think so much, so much of their effort mentally went into those games. Like I say, it's not an excuse. It's not. It's not a reason that I'm particularly pleased of. But I think you know some of those people have focused on those particular games rather than on the domestic game. And I think had we lost to Dortmund, we'd have continued uh, with a little bit better domestic form than we've we've limped through. I think that you know that effort that went into that second leg at Manchester City. I think that's a hell of a lot different than than beating. I think who did we beat in the quarterfinals last year? Swansea, didn't we? Away was it Swansea away right. in the yeah. FA Cup? Yeah, Swansea away in the FA Cup was a lot different to going to Manchester City over two legs. But as I say, it's not an excuse. It's not. I'm not saying we sh- we shouldn't worry about it. But I think that Champions League run has definitely had an effect on our league form. We should consider the 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 whole season and what this season was at the beginning. Every, I mean, not that I like to listen to pundits but majority of them um did not put us in the top four at the beginning of the season anyway you know we're you know you know how hard our boys went in the world cup how far they went there you know um you know that everybody was waiting for a dip from us because everybody was on their last legs you know and we was waiting for some type of collapse it just did not happen until until this last period of time and i and um also you know we lost dembele in January, I say we lost him, we sold him. 
Um, I would have loved to have kept him just for the big games. You know, I, I would have kept him kind of you know, out of the smaller games, you know, and just kept him for the Champions League and Man City and Liverpool and stuff like that, you know. And I think that would have been worth more to us than the 11 million that we got for him. Also, last season, we had a massive pre-season and we had a, you know, a, a forward focus. You know, like we knew that what we needed to do and how we needed to do it. As soon as we started this season with the summer that we had, it was this player coming, that player coming, come nobody's coming. All right. Let, let, <laughs> that sums let, it up, Ash. Let, that sums it up, doesn't it? <laughs> but yeah, but, but let's, let's go with what we got. You've got to remember how many people was about to leave as well. Toby was going to go. Danny was going to go. There was a couple that was on their way out, but then they're not going to, you know, and then Poch is like, let's start from a clean slate. Everybody, this is the, you know, I'll give everybody a second chance. Let's go again. So everybody's made different agreements. So with all of the things, plus Wembley, plus trying to get back into the new stadium, plus no sign-ins again January, no help again, basically, no backup. I would have loved Telemans on loan or, or, or <laughs> yeah. Batshuayi on loan. I would have yeah. loved these guys on loan just to help us a little bit. But we didn't get that again. So we've pushed again. We've seen the emergence. And even I'm saying this, I was Sissoko's biggest critic, but we've seen the emergence of Sissoko where he can... He, he changed the game as soon as he come come on the other day. Do you know what I mean? When he wasn't, he's you know he he wasn't even fit properly. But oh, he came course, on yeah, straight away. Game. I mean, where was that going, yeah, Rick? If he didn't Ajax. come on, where was that game going to go? Right. Yeah, where is it going? We've also lost Winksy, which is a massive, massive yeah. uh, loss as a squad player. Someone who changes the game, changes the pace of the game. Someone who drives forward. So I think if we look, we it, look, this was bound to happen, and I can't excuse. The, 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 the league form. Of course, we should have picked up at least a point against West Ham and, uh, and all the others. Do you know what I mean? Even, even a point against Bournemouth, I would have, you know, I would have loved and I would have jumped for joy. But I think well, everybody was on their last legs. I think everybody needs to, like, sit in the ice bath, cool down, and everybody needs to shout and sing up and we need to go again because everybody knows what, what we have to do. We've never been in this position before. So, like, we need, to, we, we need to stop, you know, hanging on to the negativity of what Spurs can be and what we have been in the past. And we need to just jump and go with it and give it as much energy as we can to them for this last push. Next year is going to be a totally different season. We start we start the season at home, Ricks. We start the season at home. We we know what we're doing. We know we're get we know we're getting a new budget, a transfer budget. We know where we're going. Next season we don't have to worry about league form. Do you know what I mean? If there is, then we'll we'll get back on the podcast and we'll have a go. You know? <laughs> well Joe, it's funny you say that I mean we've heard Pochettino come out very recently over the last week weekends and say, you know, it's gonna be a painful rebuilding job this summer. I mean some may say get rid of Trippier, that won't be that painful, but it'll be interesting to see this right. summer in terms of transfers what does happen. Now, Jace, you know, Ricky made a great point there. Uh, in terms of the World Cup now. I don't know if you've seen that stat out there, Jace, that many were quickly suggesting in the summer that the players Spurs would have would tire towards the end of the season. And a great stat here. You know, the first 19 league games, Spurs picked up 45 points. The last 18 league games, they've picked up 25. Now, again, I'm not trying to make excuses for the team here, but do you think, Jace, that does have something to play in it? The fact that we did have, you know, so many players at the World Cup, the most out of any club team. Well, I think that's that's combined to the, or you know, contributed to all the fitness issues we've had. And let's be fair, when we came out of that World Cup, I think Delhi Delhi came out of the World Cup with a knock. Trippier, if I remember rightly, was had a bad injury after the Croatia game, didn't he? He was heavy. I think um, Harry looked knackered coming towards the end of the World Cup. Then they didn't get much of a break at all. So they. 
they, they came into the season with some of them carrying knocks and, and things like that. And I think they've just struggled to really probably put in the hard yards between games that you have to do where they've played games and they've, they've ended up needing rests for two or three days. And they probably haven't, you know, they've just done a bit of ball work between games. So I think there's a, a whole combination of things, not refreshing the squad as an impact from it, but the number of ish, the number of injuries we've carried, you know, if we, we could have bought four players and they'd have all been flogged to death with, with people like Winks, Wanyama, Dyers and all that missing since Christmas. So, mm. and you know, and it's, it's strange, isn't it, as fans? We've said, oh, these players have been flogged into the ground. And yet, the one time Pochettino rotated the team against Palace, the whole fan base was up in arms because he'd rotated the team and left Ericsson out. Why are we leaving yeah. him out? And you think, well, he's just played 755 games this year. I mean, <laughs> you know, you've got to make your minds up as fans sometimes, haven't you? But, um, you know, like I say, the, this Premier League season, the bit that I can't understand and agree, agree with his, his people saying we don't deserve Champions League football because we've lost 13 or 14 games we've won more games than any club other than the top two so why don't we deserve Champions League football is it just the manager to the way the last two or three months but, how we performed you can understand that aspect yeah, of it exactly but yeah exactly but when I looked in the paper today it said Tottenham Hotspur have played 37 not played 11 no, that's true so you know what, what, what happens to the first 26 games that you play don't, don't they count the first 26 games <laughs> They're not 26 pre-season friendlies and then we get the season going. So, you know, at the moment, over 37 games, we've won more games than anyone other than the top two. So we thoroughly deserve to be in the Champions League. There you go. Jason's made that point very clear. I mean, Ash, let's discuss the team lineup because Pochettino, I think some maybe weren't expecting it. He went with his strongest possible team ahead of the IX game. We had, you know, Sissoko, Eriksen, Ali, Son all starting. When you saw that team, Ash, was you surprised by how strong Maurizio went? Bearing in mind we've got this huge Champions League semi final against Ajax to come on Wednesday. Well, when I, when I saw the team, it looked pretty strong, but I wasn't surprised only because obviously. Obviously, we've got such a massive game on on Wednesday, but we all know that Pochettino's mantra is to get into the top four. So yeah, we could we could win on Wednesday and then lose the final. But if we didn't make top four, then he's going to be in trouble with Levy. Like that, that's that's what ultimately what this like five year project was until we get into a new stadium, become competitive, get in the top four as much as possible, and then once we're in there, we can kick on, move on invest in the team what not so for me he he was after the West Ham defeat he was always going to go strong in this Bournemouth game maybe just to to kill it then and then we wouldn't have to worry about Everton and we can put all our eggs in the Champions League basket so I, I always thought it was going to go strong it just what what did surprise me actually during the game is the fact that when he I, I didn't understand him taking Toby off He's like one of the, he's one of the calmest players that you can possibly have in your team. I would back him a hundred percent not to get another yellow, right? So he, I remember a stat like a few years ago where he had only made like what eight fouls or something in like twenty five games in a season, something stupid. So he, he he's one of the people I'd rely on the most. And in that type of pressure game, when you're down to ten men, you need your leaders and you need your best players out there. So for me, for him to replace. Our, well, one of the only leaders and our best defender we had on the pitch with a youngster who obviously he trusts but is still inexperienced. To me, that that, that was that was slightly odd. But in terms of the team selection, I I didn't expect anything else. Okay, interesting. Now, Rick's 
bring it back to the game yes. itself. We saw Josh King attempt to break forward in that first half, but was brought down by a styling tackle from Eric Dio, who came in from behind and <clears> took the back of Callum Wilson's legs in the penalty area, but no foul was awarded. I mean, Rick, at that time, you must have had your heart in your mouth because, I mean, how that wasn't given as a penalty. I haven't got a clue either. I think Dio was really, really lucky during that first first half that he was on. Um like uh, like one of the boys were saying there, you know, he he should have given like he could have given away two penalties. He could have had a, had a red card in that first half. I just think it was a just a crazy crazy game. You know what I mean? Like I just think it was like one of those weird dreams that you have. You know, you can you can have a great dream every single night, but you have one weird dream. And you're like, what the hell happened there? You can talk about it for two days, you know, just because it was just out of this world. And I just think it was just a bit of a mad one like that. If we count it like that, if we don't spend too long on it, you know, like dismantling, dismantling them, uh, you know, I think we should move on as quick as we can. I mean, we know it was nuts. We know it was crazy. We know there's no way we should have lost the game. Like, you know, just on first half performance, if we would have kept 11 men on the pitch, I, I think guaranteed two free goals we would have had. Easy. Sonny would have, I reckon Sonny would have got two. And I reckon Lucas, the way he was on fire in the first half, he probably got would have got one as well, you know. But it was a it was a crazy game, Rick. It was a crazy game. Let's hope that we've got all the crazy out, out of us for that game, and we can go and be the proper Spurs that we know and love for Wednesday against Ajax. You know. Come on, Rick. We don't do not crazy, do we? We're Tottenham. I mean, this Come is this on. is this is this is crazy Spurs. This is what we do, isn't it? Come on. This, this is what I'm talking about. Everyone, <laughs> look, when we're in the Champions League final, four nil oh up my against Barca. God. All right, when we're there, all right. With a couple of minutes to go, we still won't believe it. Still won't believe it, but then you know what I mean. Like you know, <laughs> we might be able, we, we might be able to have a giggle about Bournemouth at that point. All right. Oh, I hope so, Rick. I hope so. Look, Rick, we haven't asked you yet. I mean, Jack Evans makes the point as you know, Ash and Jason brought up the thirteen games that this season is not good enough. We've lost. You know, do we deserve Champions League football? In your opinion, Rick, is it what Jason says? You know, oh. look about games we won. Listen, listen. First and foremost, um, yes, it's about the games we won. I agree. Uh, I agree with Ash totally, right? But secondly, do Chelsea really deserve to be in top four? Man United, Champions League do Arsenal. Right now? That's it. Do, right. So exactly. So exactly. Do you know what? My mate was here yesterday, and he he's a hammer, and he was like, you know what? Um, having Chelsea in the top three, it looks weird. It just looks weird. Like they've played so 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 kind of you know funky the whole season that them being in top three looks weird. So if, you know, but you've also got to remember that everybody looks to tear us down in whichever area they can. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, Harry Kane's a one-season wonder. Uh, we're, we're, we're a one-man team, you know. Uh, all of these things, you know what I mean? They always, we're, you know, the last one now that everyone's on us about is, uh, you know, we haven't won a trophy and all of this palaver. Don't worry about any of it. Don't worry about any of the the the, the media critics and stuff like that. You need you, you need to listen to Poch, his own press conferences. You need to you know tune into people like uh, you know Last Word of Spurs and there you and, go and, 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 and tune into people like Mr. Sachs there and get your information. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like get part of the transfers. Those are the transfers, Rick. Yeah, but you know, yeah, but everybody knows what transfers are. You know what I mean? Everybody knows what transfer rumors are. Rumors are rumors. Don't believe it until they sign the dotted line. My there dad you go. Tell me. So you know what I mean? Like so, you know, come on, man, come on. Don't don't take it on board. People are gonna try and knock us. Don't we're, we're, we're not those other teams that go on YouTube and slag our team off left, right and centre, left, right and centre, left, right, or look for an excuse. We don't need to do that, man. Like, it's all right 
we've, we've, we've messed up a little bit. We've had a weird ass stream. Let's move it on, man. Let's move it on. Don't worry. Listen, I'm telling you, can't you feel it? Feel it, boys. Have you not been to the stadium yet? Have you not been there? Have you not seen it? Come on. Like you listen, it's there, man. It's there. It's just bubbling. It's 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 the storm before the calm, before the joy of of the heavenly glory, boys. I love Trust it. Trust me. I love it, Rick. Yo, you always say we don't slag off our team and slag off our players. Jace, I'm gonna ask your opinion on Rick Dyer. So this is where you might have to be a bit <laughs> controversial. Because Jace, I know you've always backed him. I know you've always said with Dyer, he's been a player that sometimes he's had to kind of do two people's jobs at once. He hasn't really had a fully fit partner next to him in midfield. But to be fair, Jace, I mean the game at the weekend he made a a really risky sign tackle on the edge of his own box five minutes before that challenge we discussed earlier. I mean, he's in a tough position, James, because he looks like he's lacking match fitness against a Bournemouth side who are really rapid on the counter-attack. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's lacking match fitness. So, you know, he's not going to get into a rhythm and he's not going to look like the Eric Dyer of two years ago when he's played, what, three games since Christmas. But, you know, we expect him to be the Eric Dyer that he was two or three seasons ago as soon as he comes back. It's, it's like, you know, when the armor doesn't look fit and Deli Ali doesn't look fit when they've come back. So, you know, I, I, we had we had the discussion about Eric Dyer last week. I'd let him have the, the, you know, hopefully he gets that really good rest over the summer and we'll have a proper judgment of Eric Dyer if he has a fully fit season next year. But no, his performance at, at Bournemouth wasn't good enough. But as I say, when, you, you, when you're only playing three games since Christmas, then you're going to be struggling for rhythm and, and you... There's a difference, isn't there, between them being fit to take the field and genuinely match fit. And I think, you know, Eric Dyer is really struggling in that way. Tell us, Ash, I mean, you watch Dyer every single week watching Tottenham. Are you concerned by his form? I mean, Jason says there, you know, it is a lot of a lack of match fitness. But if you were to ask me really, Ash, players in the summer, if you're not being sentimental and you're being brutal about players you'd let go, I think for me, you would be one of those players that I would allow to, you know, leave the club for the right price. Where are you on Eric Dyer's future, Ash? Yeah, I I used to rate him as a player. Like, two years ago, he was, he was quality, one of our the mainstays in our team. And um, I don't think he's uh, hit those, that form in the last, well, last season or this. And um, obviously, that's been through to injuries and whatnot. But, when when you're when you're determining whether you want to sell a player, you take injuries into account, and if they're if they're not fit for half the time, then then that is that is a reason to offload a player. Um, ultimately, where we've been, this, like I always keep harping on about the project, but the project for Pochettino was the first five years to get in top four, and I think Eric Dyer was good enough to get us into top four uh, as we know. Yes. But to take the next step and to what compete and win the league and compete in Champions League and and stuff like that. I don't think he's probably good enough. I don't think he get he doesn't get in the City team. He doesn't get in the Liverpool team. Doesn't get in Barcelona. Doesn't get into any of the top other top eight teams in in Europe. I mean, he gets an Arsenal team. Ash, but me and you get in that as well. To be fair, don't we? So yeah, yeah but they're, they're not in top hundred in Europe. So no, that's... <laughs> love it. Fantastic. That, that, that doesn't matter. Um, that's but, true. But ultimately, he's. He is a he's been a good good player for us, and I I would be tempted to keep him as a squad player because he when he's fit he he can do a job, and also he's kind of best friends with Deli Ali, right? And if if we sell him, it might upset Deli. So keep him at Spurs, keep Deli. I mean, at Spurs. We said that. I mean, we were worried about women letting women go, and he was best friends with Sonny, but it hasn't really affected Sonny. Yeah, but Son's not going to travel to wherever women went, was it? Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. 
I think as well, don't forget, it hasn't just been fitness. He's had, what, appendicitis and tonsillitis yeah. and things like that. So they're not injuries, but, no, of course you know, he had, yeah. he had appendix out, so he misses a month. But, I mean, it's not necessarily that he's picked up an injury. He's been ill. But, you know, if, if we start throwing players away because they've had half a season they've missed, then we better sell Caden. No, uh, but, uh, Jace, I think you have to... Much, well. Jace, do you not think the point, if you're being really brutal with someone, you're sitting there like Ash says, and you look at and you evaluate the project over five years and say, look, the first five years, I agree with Ash, he was good enough for then. But if you're looking to really take the club forward and you are looking to seriously compete for the Premier League and, again, look to go hard in the Champions League... Is Dyer good enough? Is Eric Lamella good enough? Is Kieran Trippier good enough? You have to be honest, Jason, say, I think if you're being cutthroat, those guys just aren't going to be good enough to take us forward. Well, I think if you're being cutthroat, you sell 21 of the 25 then. <laughs> well, well, listen, we know we're not going to... I mean, we know it's not going to be 10 and 12 players. funny is, is, is Davinson Sanchez, is Juan Foyth, is Trippier, is Aurea, is Ben Davis, is Danny Rose, is Wanyama, is Dyer, is Winks. Well, He's my argument, Jace, is, you know, look at someone like Sanchez. There's a lot of potential there. The same with Juan Foyth. You know, we're going to come on to it shortly. But with those players, you've got a huge amount of potential. Hasn't Dyer passed that stage now? Shouldn't he be in his prime right now, if we're being brutally honest? I, I accept it. But are you keeping Wanyama over Dyer? Listen, Wanyama as well. He's had a lot of injuries. Again, it's a, a, situ- a situation, a central midfield, Jace. They're going to have to look at it this summer. Exactly. They're going to have to sell one of them. One of them will have to go. If one we of want. them will have to go. And I'd sooner sell Wanyama than Eric Dyer at the moment, that's for sure. Mm. We'll have to see. Listen, back to the game itself. Talking about, I was going to say about happy things, but we're going to discuss that sending off. I mean, Rick, let's come to you because Spurs down to 10 men. And it wasn't Eric yeah. Dyer. It was Hummin Son who pushed Lerma after a scuffle and he went straight off. I mean, we did see, to be fair, in the build-up, Rick, which you mentioned, an incident that would have wound up Son a couple of times where Lerma lent into him. Um, do you think that's what led to Sonny instinctively lashing out? Because I think Sonny, normally such a calm and collective character, like I said, it's just so out of character for Sonny to react like that. Yeah, I, th- I think they were all very much G'd up to go out there and start the game fast, start the game high pace, uh, you know, and, and put Bournemouth under pressure. I think they wanted two, three goals early uh, and they were going to take off a few, I think. Uh, I think they probably, you know, you, you were talking about how, how strong the lineup was. I reckon they were looking to go two, three up first first half, then maybe 60 minutes, take off those first teamers, rest them, and then, like, get through the game. Um, they were so G'd up that, you know, I've never seen uh, Sonny really frustrated or, or react like that. But you have to remember that the boy is human. Like, the man is human. So there's only so much any of us can take before we all snap. So I think that, that when I think he put down his hand to pick up the ball and was it did he did he it tread like on he him? It looked like he tread on him. To be fair, it did look like he tread on him. And Jace, you I mean you are the one that always cries out for gamecraft, gamecraft on this show. I mean, you must have felt. I saw you on Twitter, Jace. You were stunned by Stony's reaction. Well, I was, and you know, let's also add into it. We had the words from him that he found it painful to watch Ajax. He felt he'd let the team down because he was suspended. Yeah. Blah blah blah. And then he goes and does does that within a few days of coming out and saying things like that. And he left us short for Bournemouth. He left us short for for a massive game against what we thought would be a massive game against Everton. It was, and you know, good players will get wound up. They will get snidey little kicks and, and they just don't react. So Sonny never has done. And yet it was it was incomprehensible what he did. And, and I don't go around with the... the 
the view that, oh, he didn't punch him in the face and some referees would have only shown him a yellow card. You know, it's a red card for me. It's It was an yeah. overly aggressive action and, and it's a, a red card. And if we're looking to blame referees for what went on, no, look at ourselves. Craig Paulson can't send him off unless he does what he does, can he? So don't blame yeah. Craig Paulson for what Sonny does. It's it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And then to follow that up with Foyth coming on and, and, and doing what he did, you know, a little bit unlucky because, as I think, as we said off air, when Ash said it, it's, it's overstretching and a lot of people overstretch. But I'm thinking within a minute of coming on, why is our centre-half charging downfield like a lunatic? It's, it's just not needed. And, and sometimes you've got to, as play, you know, whatever tactical plans you come out with, sometimes players just have to use their brains. And on Saturday, we saw 35 minutes of some clever play from Tottenham and then 10 minutes of utter madness all over the pitch. It was ridiculous what was going on. Ricks, just on yeah. the incident with Juan Foyf, you know, at half-time, we saw Pochettino make a double change. So, Foyth came on for Alderweireld as the Belgian was on a booking. And Pochettino obviously feared him being sent off. And one yarn was on for Dyer, who, of course, was also walking that tightrope. Now, Foyth, as Ash has mentioned it there, Ricks, it looks like he overstretched more than anything. But it was a poor, poor lunge. And within 90 seconds of coming on, we're down to 10 men. And it was just crazy, as Jason said. It, it, it was nuts. But that's what I'm saying. It was one of those crazy games. With with um, Sonny, you know, uh, like Jace was saying, um, he, you know, he put his heart on the line. He felt he let down the team before with Ajax and boom, 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 boom. And I think he took that emotion. You can see what an emotional guy he is because he always plays with a smile. We know that. And I think it was the same thing almost with Foyer. That, that half-time team talk that Potch had must have G'd him up. From what I saw, he slightly let, let the ball... Like, he had a poor touch and, and, the, and the ball slightly went in front of him. And then what he's done, there, there's, there's two points, there's two bits that he does. He, he almost steps and then his foot bounces up off the floor and then there's the lunge yeah. into the tackle. And I think the step messed him up, basically. Like, it was like momentum and, like, he was steaming forward. He's put his foot down in the wrong place, but that's bounced his foot up and that's, made it go for the lunge. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it was a malicious tackle, but of course, again, that was a dangerous challenge and 100% a red card, you know? Um, but it just, again, it was just one of those crazy games, boys. It was one of, luckily, because of Sunday, it, it, it didn't cost us. No, I mean, it, it was, as I say, Rick, crazy to describe, as you've said there, but, you know, Ash, you know, Foyth was well aware, let's be honest, of why he was being brought on. And, to prevent another dismissal, but to do that in the first 90 seconds, I mean, it was crazy. Do you think naive on Foyth's part there? Do you think, you know, lacking that bit of, you know, age on his side where if he's a bit older, you wouldn't necessarily do that, you know, lunging the way he did? Yeah, you you can get away with marauding forward when you've got 11 men, I think, as Jay said. But when you've got 10 men and you've just come out from a team talk, which ultimately Pochettino's probably gone and said, look, boys, I'm taking Toby off. I'm taking Dyer off. The last thing we need is another another red card. Let's stay compact for 20 minutes. Let's build build ourselves a base, Get work our way into the game, and then let's see what we can do in the final 20 minutes. I can bring on some fresh legs. That's ultimately the plan. And then the your centre-back to be running forward straight away from kickoff and lunging into a tackle is obviously not what the managers asked. 
Okay. Yeah, but he, but he lost the ball though, Ash. Like I think I think he thought that there was a counter about to happen because he lost the ball in that position. He, you're absolutely right that he ran forward. He shouldn't be bombing forward where he was, but he had the ball, and then there was a touch where it oh, it overrun, and I think that he thought the guy was going to take it, and there was going to be a quick counter. So that's where the step come in, and then the lunge come in. Do you but, know what I mean? So he he is he's young. Yeah, I, like I said, like it, it is naive on his part, but mm. we, it, it, if if Toby's still on the pitch, he do, he doesn't get in that position. He, he, he just Very doesn't. True. That just doesn't happen. I think so, as well. I think as well. The counter would be on when you're down to ten men because he's charging forward like a lunatic. If he's, yeah, if he's in position, we're not open to be counter attacked. <laughs> it's just it's crazy, isn't it? And and I kind of think as well. I, I thought it was risky because. You know, there is, let's be fair, there's no doubt there's, there's talent in Foyth. You can see there's ability in him, but his decision-making at the moment in, in games. I mean, there's, there's, we used to talk about brain farts with Carl Walker, but Jesus Christ, there's a lot of brain farts in, in Juan Foyth. But you think, right, we're now down to 10 men. We've had to take Toby off, which leaves Sanchez as the experienced centre-half. And, and we haven't got a naturally left-sided centre-half. Do you know what? There was, there was an argument for saying, bring Ben Davis on for just a little bit of common-sense defending. We're down to 10 men. He'll play as the left-sided centre-back. He won't go marauding forward and leave us getting caught on a counter-attack. And and just, you know, just stay in the game with a little bit of common sense. And I thought bringing Foyth on when you're down to 10 men is, is taking a huge risk anyway. And that's not to say I thought he'd be sent off, but I thought at some stage Foyth's going to go charging forward, dribbling out the box, we'll get caught short, and suddenly we're, we're all over the place. And, and that's certainly something you can't do when you're down to with 11 men, let alone when you're down to 10. Now, Ash, mm. you brought up also during the game, you know, everyone was discussing the Bournemouth goalkeeper and the man in the match performance. But I think you made a very good point, Ash, that a lot of the shots we're having were pretty much straight at him, to be fair. Yeah, I, like, I, I really didn't get with with those commentators. Like, yeah, he, he was having a good game. He was making some good saves, but every shot was straight at him. If, if we put any shots in the corner, he wasn't getting to them. Like, they're all saves that... He made look good from these extravagant dives and whatnot, but a better keeper might have just caught the ball. Like it, it was really grating on me that they were saying this this keeper, like yeah, he's young and yeah, he played well, he kept a clean sheet and whatnot, but we we were shooting at him, and I, I could I could have stood in goal, it would have hit me. The joy is funny you say that. I mean, we've got a question here. Jay's back over to you. Matt Robertson says, we have to be more clinical. Should have been two or three up before half-time. Even with Nyman, we would have won that if we took our chances. Just chose how important Harry Kane is, Jace. <coughs> well, Harry Kane played against what Man United and hit about 10 shots dead straight at David De Gea that day. I mean, sometimes that happens, doesn't it? And, and you know, everyone else has hit it straight at David De Gea since then. They've scored every time they've hit it straight at him. It's It's bizarre. Absolutely. But yeah, of course, of course, Kane's is a miss. But, you know, Lucas Moore is on the back of our hat-trick against Huddersfield and you'd have expected him to, I think the one that, you'd have expected him to take one of his two chances, that's for sure. And, you, and Sonny's in the type of form where, where he had a good chance and put it in Rose head, didn't he? And you think, Sonny, that's that's a bit unlike you. And even Delhi's header, either side of the goalkeeper it's in. And, and, and Ashley's right, he made it easy for him. But... Um, I don't think Harry scores with every single shot he has, does he? 
No, it doesn't. Majority of me does, though, Jason. But sticking with you, let me ask you. I mean, load of questions in here. Another one we've had in saying, have our players learnt from the Battle of the Bridge two seasons ago? Pretty much the same squad, and they've gone into this match with the same headless chicken mindset. Is that fair to say that, Jace? Well, I think it probably. I think it's unfair to say we went into the match with it because, like I say, for thirty-five minutes, we were calm, weren't we? We were I, was, I was. We were comfortable, and I, th- I mm. couldn't see anything other than a, than a than a comfortable Spurs win. I thought we'll, we'll win this game two 0 or three 0 in the end, and there was no sign of of the madness. In fact, Bournemouth had hardly been anywhere near our goal. So, and, and there was barely a a foul or anything going on. It was just that temper- it was started with the the Eric Dyer one, didn't it? And from that moment on, for for the 10 minutes of that half and the first minute of the second half, we we completely lost our marbles. And, and the, the kind of the shame was as well is that when we when we conceded the goal, actually, it wasn't down to being down to nine men when we conceded it, was it? Victor Wama just, just turned off, just switched his brain off and allowed Ake a free header. And you thought, you know what, that's, that's actually not now being down to nine men that's cost us cost us that goal. That was another frustration from it. Yeah. I mean, listen, we discussed that to death. Let's discuss, I mean, the winner. Because, you know, Spurs, we held out, Rick, coming around to you until the final yeah. minutes. But Nathan Aki finds himself free to head home from a corner. You know, it's nine men Spurs, at, well, sorry, nine men Spurs, of course, trying to defend that. I mean, it was gutting, Rick, to lose the game in the circumstances we did. It, it, it was. It, it really was. It was. I was talking to one of my Tottenham brothers the other day, um, just after the, after the game, and... Um, uh, and he said exactly what you said, Jace, that, you know, like three people switched off on, on, on that corner. Um, and, you know, it, it could have been defended, you know, and we, we could have got that point. But um, it, 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 it was just one of those, Rick. It was just it was just one of those, mate. I mean, I, I, I don't know what was going on at the time, but I think by that time they were probably, you know, exhausted, you know, getting into the 94th minute. And you know, uh, with all the yellows and Bournemouth, I think what, what they they got their first booking, which was Lerma, like ninety second minute, ninety third minute, something stupid like that. Yeah. So so you know they they might have been felt that they were being dealt a bad card, and you know they might have been frustrated at that point. I don't know what they were thinking, Ricks, but it, it could have been prevented. It could have been defended. There was there was enough big heads in there to get it away and 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 uh, well out. Uh, but but that comes to another point that that uh, me and my brother were speaking about, which was which was, you know, d- d- do we think that Hugo should maybe catch a little more? Well, just, you know, like, funny like, you I, say I, that. Loads loads of questions on that because John Wardell says, and we'll stick with you for this one. He says, do we need a leader on the pitch? Loris is a captain, but hardly a leader. The goalkeeper does not make the good decisions on the pitch like he should do. I mean, so in your opinion, could he have done better there, Hugo? Should he have commanded the the box? Um, yeah, look, I, yeah, I mean, yes, of course he could have, of course he could have, but like I say, it, it was one of those. And with Hugo, he, he's had an up and down season himself. I don't want to cri- criticize him too much because I mm. think he has been getting some stick. Um, but like I've said before, when I was previously on, he, he, you know, he is our captain. He's been with us for a long time. He could have left us for some big boys, a, you know, when he was when he was on peak form. He is a World Cup winner. He's had some personal dramas himself this season, you know, ups and downs. We don't know what's going on for him on a personal level. And I'm not suggesting that there is something, but mm. we just don't know. Yeah. You know, and I think he's had a turbulent time, but you've got to remember that he has pulled us through some games as well. We've got us through, he's been man of the match in some of these games. 
where we've been struggling as well, you know. And we can't, we can't forget, Rick, as well. We can't forget as well, Rick, you know, that penalty save he's made against Arsenal. Right. I mean, that is the that is essentially the save. That's pretty much essentially guaranteed Spurs Champions League football. Right, right, right. So I think we... It, it, should he be the captain? It's, it, I, I, I do like a centre-back to be a, a, a captain or a, or a, or a centre-mid to be a captain for those reasons, just because you can get somebody shouting... But you know what? I don't think anybody needs an armband to shout. You know, uh, that's why I, I I I like Dyer, and that's why you know, just going back to Dyer for a second, that's why I would like to keep him in the team because at the beginning of the transition of what Tottenham is or what Tottenham is trying to be in in, in and in the direction that we're going in, he was one of the first people that that stood up to the the, the Spursy tag and the soft tag and. And he was one of those people that, that actually started, you know, played for the shirt and played for the team. And, and he, he was on the mission, you know, and that's, you know, that, that's what we need. And, and, and that's what is the, the, the best thing about Dyer. So even as a squad player, I would still keep Dyer as well. I know I digressed onto Dyer. Sorry, Ricks. No, it's fine. But, um, but, but, but yeah, man, it was just. It, 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 it was a crazy one, bro. It was a crazy one. Yeah. It was a nutty one. But I, I still believe in Hugo. I still think that Hugo's got a, a couple of years left in him. Um, I, I still think that um, he is a world-class goalkeeper. I think he will reassess his performances of the whole season. I think he'll, he will be his, big, biggest, his, his own biggest critic. And I think he'll come back stronger. And I think his experience will show for us. But I would love a captain on the field. Yes, I would. There you go. Now... Before we look ahead to the huge Champions League semi-final set leg to come against Ajax, a couple of questions just to finish off. Jace, this one's over to you. This is from Z-Man who says, On the Love Sports show, I think he's referring to myself and Lee, we discussed the fact that Pochettino doesn't like to operate with a big squad. Based on the way the team has ended the league season, particularly the away form, could you see him opting to increase the numbers to account for the mortalities we've had this season? I presume he means in terms of the injuries, Jace. Um, well, I have to admit, I, I was a bit surprised when you you two said that because I thought, well, we still got a twenty, what is it, a twenty-one or twenty-two man squad, and we'd have to have that next year. It's you know, you can't increase it from that number. You can't suddenly have a thirty-five man squad either. So <laughs> I think the squad numbers will be exactly the same next year, and they'll be the same if Pochettino left and Mourinho took over, and it'd be the same if Klopp took over. And, you know, you have your twenty-five man squad, and that's it. It's, it's just that one or two of our 25-man squad, uh, like Nkudu, have been completely useless to us. So, mm. you know, in that respect, he's had one less to work with. But he should have been able to work with Nkudu as well, shouldn't he? It's, it's, a, it's a body that you should be able to work with. So, you know, I, I think well, the squad, the squad size, I don't think will make any difference next year, any, any change in it at all. OK, interesting. And Ash, question here from Sean Adams. How early... In the transfer window, do we need to be making moves to show fans that this window actually will be different? Do we need something in the first week, the first month? At what point do we start to think it's the same as the last two transfer windows? Ash, thoughts? First day. I, I'd, I'd love a signing on the first day. Just to like prove that we're actually you know, serious about uh, get, getting on with this summer. Because the last two windows have been an absolute joke. Like no team, no team can not invest. No company, no, nowhere in the world can you not invest in what you're doing and expect to perform better. Like 
you always need to invest to improve. Otherwise, you get left behind by someone who's willing to invest. Mm. So, in terms of that, I think it, I think it will be a big summer. I think I think when he says it's going to be painful, it's going to be painful because there is going to be one or two players who leave who we don't want to leave. But mm. ultimately, they might have to leave so that we can spread our funds around the rest of the the squad and improve the squad. We have we have a great core team. There's no doubt about that. There was what was it last season? He was saying that all the pundits say there's no way you can improve the actual team of Tottenham. I don't believe that now. I feel like we can improve definitely at right back. We can improve central midfield. But in t- in terms of this summer, we we need to act early and we need to act fast. So that might not necessarily happen. But I think I think that's what should happen for us to be able to move forward. Okay, interesting. Now, a lot in terms of that transfer business is going to hinge, you would think, on... Well, I say hinge on this. Champions League semi-final are coming against Ajax. We can go out and enjoy this game. It's going to be absolutely incredible. I think we're all pinching ourselves to be in the position we're in. Probably the biggest... Well, one of Tottenham's biggest games in their history coming up here. Recent history, for sure. Rick, how is your nerves going into this one? We're obviously going to have to score whatever happens to try and get back into this game. Are you confident, Rick, of scoring on the night and turning Mate, this game on its head? Are you for real? Are you for real? Oh, my God. I'm not scared at all. I don't, you know what? To be here, pinch, I need to slap, kick, and I don't know what else to, to, to myself, mate. I swear to you, like... We're here, like, for all the struggle, for all the madness, for all the doubt, for the group stages, for the one point. Do you remember when we had that's one it. point in the group? That's it, that's it. Do you remember it. that? Cool, Swiss, right? it's you know crazy. What? Oh, my goodness. And we're here, and we get to go and do it against a fantastic... You know what? I, I love Dutch football, and I, 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 I am, you know, I, I am a mini second-team fan of, of, of Ajax. So, you know, I, I love the way they've always brought up their youth and the, the way that they play. I loved it when Edgar Davids signed for us. I loved it when we had Van der Vaar. Like, I loved it when we had these players, you know, and, and we've got some Ajax players, uh, ex-Ajax players on our team already. But they're, they're a fantastic young team to play against. They're going to play great football as well. They're going to look to play great football. We're going to shut that down and we're going we're to turn up. We better turn up. If you can't turn up for the semifinals... Um, at the at, at the Amsterdam Stadium, I mean, come on, man! Like, come on! Like, the crowd are going to be singing Bob Marley. Do you know what I mean? That's that, that's <laughs> I actually sing Bob Marley. Don't worry about a thing. So we don't have to worry about a thing. Boys. There you go. I tell you, like, we what we need to do is sing up because the Spurs go marching in, and we need to sing up. We need to shout. We need to back them the whole ninety-five minutes. I say ninety-five could be know more. Rick, if it goes extra. extra time, and it'd be Spurs. It right. would be Spurs to go all the way, wouldn't it? Of course it would be. Of course it would be. But we need to back them all the way. Don't worry. Don't worry. Listen, if they can't get up for this game, if they can't defend properly for this game, if they can't sort their lives out for this game, you know, nobody thought we would be here in the first place, boys. Yeah. Every, everybody thought everybody thought once we got to Man City that that would be our that would be our number. Absolutely. Do you know what? My, do you know what? I, I had had those banter boys saying to me. You know, this is what they were saying to me. I don't know how many Man City are going to score against you. That's what they were saying to me. And we got the 1-0 at White Hart Lane and then we had another crazy, crazy game at the Etihad that night, you know. So, don't worry. You know, we're going to go into it all guns blazing. I think everybody's minds should be set, um, you know, to, to, to do what they need to do to perform at their highest because they all believe that they're, they're that type of team. They all want to be there. This is what they've been crying out for. 
how many times have we gone through summers where it's like, oh, you know, uh, you know we, we, we don't want to sign because we need a team that, you know, are going to win the Champions League. Well, look, you know, we, we can get to the final and we can show them that we can at least, you know what I mean, compete on this level with, with, with all the injuries and dramas that we've had this season to get to this point. Can you imagine if we had full pre-season, full rest, and, you know, transfers before pre-season starts, ready to go in for the first day of training? Boys, listen, the semis, we're doing it, boys. I'm telling you right now. It, it's go. our moment. It's, it's our moment. We've suffered for too long. Let me tell you, we've suffered for too long. It's our moment to get to the final. Let there me you tell go. you, we're going to the final. There you go, Ricky J. Norton. Another rousing speech from him. Jace, let me bring, let me bring it over <laughs> to Jace because we have just seen Ajax go ahead. Well, they won the Dutch Cup on Sunday by thrashing Willem 4 0 in the final. Daddy Blind, Rasmund Christensen scored with Klaus Jan Hansler getting the other two. I mean, they're coming into this game, Jace. You know, really, really, you know, on a high. Spurs, not so much after a disappointing defeat against Bournemouth. How does that affect the mentality on both sides, Jace? Well, they'll be confident. They won the first leg and they, they were, they've just won their cup final. So, you know, they'll be confident. I don't think it'll, the fact that they've just won a cup final affects us whatsoever. Uh, I think, you know, maybe the, the events of the weekend with, or rather the outcome of the weekend with that Champions League place pretty much now secure might actually help us and that, that in a weird way we might get some confidence now from that without without having to worry about it. But I don't want to go there all guns blazing because that's Fuckwit TV's podcast, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's not their podcast, I love that. So I love that. certainly don't want that, mate. Oh, no, we definitely don't, don't want, want that. Us. I don't know, I forgot. I don't watch it. I try not to watch it, boys. I don't give them no energy at all. It's I'm very sorry. hard to watch oh, it after, on, after Sunday's fun, Rick. It's a um, comedy channel at the moment. Oh, I was going to say, I'm not in the least bit nervous because I'd be more nervous if we were going there one nil or two nil up than one nil down. I, I think you know probably if if you look at it the the probability probability of overturning a one nil home defeat is I don't know how many you'd have to look back on all the Champions League games but but probably what's that a ten percent chance fifteen percent chance at best so. But I, I think our chance I feel like we've got a better chance than ten or fifteen percent and you know I'm. I, I'm not saying we're definitely going to be in the final, but I think there's still quite a decent chance that we will be there, that's for sure. OK. Ash, we've heard already from Alistair Gold, very reliable Spurs journalist, that at the moment he's hearing Harry Kane won't be available to face Ajax. We don't know if he'll be in the squad. We'll hear more from Pochettino in Tuesday's pre-match press conference. Eric Lamella could be back on the bench, but Davidson Sanchez has an injury and could miss out. That early team news, Ash, where does that leave you at the moment? Well, I was always under the impression that Kane would be on the bench for this game just because why would why would he be running around indoors? Why would we be putting all this effort into getting him back fit? We probably need him to play to get there. But no, in all in all, in all seriousness, like the I, I would obviously I would love Harry Kane to be be there. But I I think we've got more than enough within our squads, and our, this team has gone to Man City, and yeah, we ultimately we lost, but. We we've gone through two ties against them without Harry Kane because he got injured before there was a goal even being scored, and we've beaten Man City. The key thing to remember is is don't get get you know stupid and go gung ho if I score because to go through the tie, you know in in ninety minutes we've got to go there and score twice. Whether we win two nil or two one, 
we go through. So th- there's no need if we if if Ajax score the first goal in the game and there's still an hour to go or something like that, you still don't have to completely lose the plot and go gung ho. So you know, don't don't get on a massive down and think, oh, we're doomed now. We're one nil down because. The fact is, it doesn't change the fact we still need two goals in the 90 minutes, whether they score or don't. So, you know, just keep your composure. Don't do like we did at Bournemouth after 35 minutes. Keep playing your football and just try and do that, get those two goals. And that, that's a simple. All I'm concerned about is we score twice. I don't care if they score one or they don't. It doesn't bother me. We get our two goals and if they do score once, we still go through. Jase, how much is it down to gamecraft? You use that word so much on the show oh, about you know discipline, you know. keeping your head. We've seen against Bournemouth the way we lost it. You know, do you back the team to be able to stay together? You know, and you know keep their heads on that on that field, Jase. We need to have eleven men on there to get a result. That's for sure. I don't back this team to show the gamecraft required. No, because we we never do show it. That, that doesn't mean to say I don't think we can get through. But you know, I mean, there was a there was a little moment on um, on Saturday. When you talk about gamecraft, as well as all the things, the stupid things we did, you get a Mourinho side or you get most sides. The first thing they say is, we need Bournemouth down to 10 men. So, you know, when Danny Rose had his little fracas, he should have fallen on the floor and rolled around and, and done something like that. Lucas Mora had a break late on. He thought, draw the foul, go down, absolutely milk the foul and roll around. But we still don't do things like that. And, and it's, it's, the, it's the dark arts, if you like. It's the cheating side. But it's the side that every other side does against us. And we still allow things like that to go on. It, it's crazy, isn't it? So, you know, I don't expect us to show any game craft tomorrow, game management. But that doesn't mean to say we can't go there and get the result. That's for sure. OK. Interesting from Jace. Rick, you sound so positive. You really do. And obviously, it's great to hear that. You're confident without even Harry Kane in the squad, Rick, we can still do this? There's enough quality on that pitch for you? Listen, for, for, for me, it's, it's it's not like Poch has always said. You know, it's, it's not about the names on the field. They all know what they need to do. You know, he's so good. At, uh, it's only this point that everything's gone mad. Yeah, but the majority of the time that we've had one or two injuries, one or two would come in and they'd fill the gap and we'd, we would normally kind of still have, have the same team ethos and mentality and way of play. But there's been, there's been so much shifting that even against Ajax, it just seemed like a team full of defenders at one point, you know, and, and you know, where, where do you get your spark from? Where do you get your this, you know, and, and where do you get... You're that from, especially without Sissoko. And as soon as Sissoko came on, we saw a little change in him. What I'm saying is, is that I believe that Tottenham have got a shake. They're going to shake Bournemouth and all of the craziness out of them. Um, I don't think there's there's no more craziness left in them because we are Tottenham and I know how we go on. You know, there's always a little bit of craziness in us. But I believe they're going to have the right mentality, the right focus. They're going to know what they need to do, how they need to do it. Because believing in Poch and trusting in Poch has shown them, you know, has shown them over the years. Over, okay, he hasn't won the trophy, but you know, when we hadn't beaten Chelsea at the Bridge or like when we, all of these little hoodoos, you know, not beating Man United or That's not right, beating yeah. Liverpool or not. Uh, all these hoodoos, hoodoos that he's, he's diminished, every single one that has come up, he's got rid of, right? And we have tested our luck the whole way through, but he always says you need a little bit of luck to win. So, listen, you know, I, I, I think they're going to they're, they're, they're be ready. They're going to be up for it. I think 
like like Jay saying, all right, cool. Not so much gung ho, not so crazy. We don't need Battle of the Bridge style Tottenham. What we need is like supersonic on it Tottenham. You know, like passing, gate heads up, no, not heads down. You know, uh, you know, finding each uh, finding each other with the with the short passes before you try the elaborate ones, you know what I mean? But feel free to go for it. And and that's what they've got to believe that they can do. And, and I'm totally, listen, I'm, I'm telling you, boys, like if we're ever gonna, if we're ever gonna do anything, this is the time to do it. This is the day to do it. This is for where everybody's gonna wake up. Everybody has to wake up. Toby, Yana gonna be at the back, ready to go. You know what I mean? Like, they, you know, Hugo's gonna be big time, big time Hugo, you know? So, trust me, we're going to be great. We're going to be on it. And we definitely have the mentality and the quality to make it happen and to get us through. There you go. Rick says it there as it is. Ash, do you think in any way, I mean, we watched that game on Sunday. We were to laugh at Arsenal's expense the way, as I keep saying, they outbotted us. We wasn't expecting them to throw away, you know, that game in the manner they did in terms of only getting a point. Will that relax our players a little bit? Because otherwise, it was looking to be a really, really tough week. You know, we're playing play Everton side at the end of it. We've got, I think, eight clean sheets in ten games. So, the pressure on the team for that Ajax game, do you think a little bit it's been lifted and they can go in with a bit more of a, a positive spirit? Yeah, I, de- I definitely think it has. They're, they would have been aiming for top four this season. It was quite clear from... Well, a few months ago, that we, the title was going to be quite quite hard for us to compete for. So the next best thing then was top four. So regardless of what our result was, Arsenal bottling it did give us, well, essentially, excuses in the eight-goal swing, um, top four. So they can kind of relax thinking, you know what, we don't have to worry about Everton. Um, we can put all our eggs in this one basket. We put 100% into this. It's the biggest game of every one of those players' lives, barring Hugo in the World Cup final. Like It's literally the biggest game of all their lives. And you know what? They, they can make history by winning this game. They can win this game and go and play in the Champions League final against Barcelona in Madrid. Like Not many players get to play in a Champions League final against Barcelona. And... In a one-off game, anything can happen. So you know what I—I I, I can't see any, them having anything other than their their minds fully on this game now, and they don't—they don't have to worry about Everton because we we can we can lose that game. Arsenal will lose anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> You're following Jason's line here. I mean, come on in. Let's round it up. Predictions, predictions. Jace, I have to start with you. Not going to curse us this week with a prediction, but I think we have a really good chance to go through, that's for sure. Okay, there you go. Not as brave as what you chaps might be here. Ash, what are you going to give us? <laughs> well, I'm actually going out there without a ticket, unfortunately. Ah. But I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to Spurs, and I reckon Hyungbin Son plays a blinder. Go from Ash, and I know Lee McQueen's out there as well. Lee, you'll be listening from the dam where you're gonna be. Lee, also, like, same as you, Ash, out there about a ticket at the moment. Probably, maybe we'll find one last minute, but we'll see him. Rick, come on, what are you gonna go for? You're giving us so many speeches. Is there a last final hurrah you want to give us, Rick, for this one? Mate, I'm telling you, um, like I say, the boys are gonna be on it. Uh, my prediction is gonna be 3 1. 
Um, I'm going to go 3-1. Sonny's going to get two. I don't care who gets the other one. Um, it's going to be party time in Amsterdam. The boys are going to take over. They're going to turn the red light district blue and white. Let me tell you. <laughs> I love tell it. Ya. I love it. Fantastic. <laughs> Unbelievable. Joe, I think they are going to do it, though. Rick, I, I do think we're gonna, they're going to do it. I think we are going to turn it around. Although it's been a crazy season. Can you imagine a top four finish and a Champions League win? A Champions League oh, final yeah. win. It would just be absolutely incredible. Guys, what a game we have in store Wednesday night. Tottenham Hotspur, Champions League semi-final against Ajax. We are going to do this. And as always, Rick, thank you for coming back on the show. It's been a blinder. Come on, mate. Come on, you Spurs. There you go, Ash. Thank you so much for being back on. Come on, you Spurs. And Jace, let's hear it from you. Come on. Good luck, boys. <laughs> the calmness in Jason's voice. That is the game cross taking over right there. Guys, listen, enjoy the show. What a game we have in store. And as always, come on, you Spurs! Come on! Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.